Michelle Constant on SAFM. It's 11 minutes past nine. You are indeed with uh, SAFM, and this is the Sunday edition of the JSB. So, as you know, on a Sunday, we interview our guests, we play their music, we talk to them as well. And our guest today is Wesley Dipoko, who is the editor-in-chief of Fast Company South Africa. Wesley, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, Wesley. Right, we seem to have lost Wesley. We are Wesley. Are you available? I'm here, Michelle. Oh, it's loud good to be here. and clear. <laughs> there you go, Wesley. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us. Let's go to your first song, and um, yeah. it, we'll get on to Fast Company. And there's a couple of other questions I do have to ask you. Sunka Morton, yeah. however, that's a classic, and it seems to me that you've chosen <laughs> two classics as your songs today. What's yeah. it about? Yeah, so um, um, well, I'm 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 a fan of African music, uh, jazz in particular. Uh, but I think this particular song um, it resonates with me because it, it you know I take it as a call to the African to Africans uh, in the African continent to to do something about uh, uh, about Africa and and to do it ourselves in a sense. And it it has a lot of that that uh, whenever I play it, it kind of uh, Although it was written a couple of years ago, but it still resonates today because there's a lot, I think, that Africa has to do for itself. Um, and of course, uh, you know, uh, we played at a very exciting time as we see that uh, in, in, in the football arena, yes. uh, Africa <laughs> is doing some exciting things as well. It's, it certainly is. Wesley, you are... Yeah. Um, an- the editor-in-chief of Fast Company South Africa. And I first, yes. you know, became aware of Fast Company a couple of years back, the the, 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 the American version. It's a fascinating, yes. fascinating online magazine. Maybe you could just uh, tell yeah. our listeners a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. I think uh, uh, it's, it's also important just to note that we do have a print version. Uh, you can find it in some of the uh, bookstores, like exclusives. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll make sure to, to, to get one for you. So, yeah, First Company is a, is a, is a publication that is, I would say, it's at an intersection of technology and society that really helps us understand the impact of technology and innovation in society. So we we tend to stay away from technical issues around technology, but we we, we try and, and help you to appreciate how these things are impacting. And of course, uh, we celebrate people behind these things. I mean, the the current issue, by the way, features a, a very interesting young lady who started a startup uh, while she, she was still at university at the height of the fees must fall yeah. protest. And she started this app that helped students to find accommodation. So that's the issue that I will be getting for you. So, so but yeah, so the South Africa version of Fast Company obviously focuses on the African innovation. In South Africa, we tend to look at companies that are doing wonderful things um, in the continent uh, in as far as innovation is concerned. So yeah, um, uh, it's, it's a publication worth reading, but partly to, to get yourself you know, um, inspired by mm. people who are doing great. But you know, yeah. Wesley, what what I think one of the reasons I've always loved it is, and and I think you've yeah. nailed it when you say it's about getting inspired by the work that people does or do. Yeah. But what's exciting about it as well is this idea that you are able to join the dots for us. So yes. we we yeah. understand yeah. technology as a medium in which to do certain yeah. things. 
But we are also able to understand that technology then becomes a vehicle or a medium to do really yeah. interesting things and often to do good. And I'm thinking of uh, right up front, we interviewed Alan Browd, uh, who is the founder of SA Harvest, and he was talking yeah, yeah. of an app that they created mm. for the Solidarity Fund in order to create a database and to start um, measuring who they were supporting yeah. and who they were helping. And certainly in, 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 in civil society, that is so critical to be able to yeah. measure the work that you do yeah. in order to be able to get funds for, for further work. Yeah, so I was listening to that interview. I mean, that story is a typical uh, story that Plus Company would cover. So I was interested in particular to the app that they've developed. Yeah. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, it seems to me they will have a data about the people who are in need of food in South Africa. Now, yes. can you imagine that? So the, 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 to some extent, at some point, people will know who needs help and where do these people reside and what kind of uh, help they need. So that's amazing. And I didn't know about it. So it, 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 it's exactly the type of story we would have. Uh, look at uh, the process they, uh, they, they, the, that they followed in developing app. That yeah. most, most importantly, the impact they're having in as far as uh, uh, food security is concerned. So here's a, this was, may sound like a bizarre question, but when we think of technology, mm. one of the challenges, of course, is that it, it has a generational focus. And I say this because yes. I'm thinking of uh, people that I know of a certain age who are very uncomfortable and very anxious when it comes to technology, which talks yeah. to the idea that, in fact, it's not the technology that should make us anxious, but potentially the... Yeah the inability to teach or to learn yeah. or to educate ourselves around that. Do you see your magazine as being yeah. one of those spaces? Yeah, it's an interesting point um, uh, that you raise. You, you know what, uh, before I answer that, one of, uh, in fact, great technology systems and, 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 and application and products, great ones don't make it difficult for users to use them. Mm. So you can think, and I'm sorry to mention Apple, for instance, yeah. you don't have to teach anyone to use the device, you know, it's designed in such a way that you're able to just use it. And it, it almost instructs you in, the, in, the, in, in its um, interface uh, in, in, in the manner in which it's designed. So great technologies do that. In other words, um, I mean, yes, people do need training, but, you know, you know, these things have to be designed in such a way that even young people are able to use them. And, I mean, I've seen young, uh, very toddlers, young kids just get onto these things without getting a manual. That speaks to the design, you yeah. know, that has been embedded into the, 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 the product that makes sure that in the process of using it, you are kind of being guided in the process of uh, uh, using it without getting anyone telling you how to use it. So I, I think, uh, yes, of course, uh, training is important. But in as far as some of these tools, it's also about how they're designed. Um, and, and yes, our magazine seeks to do partly that. Uh, in other words, tech can be complex. Um, you know, there are complex things that we we deal with in technology. Like yeah. think of the, 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 the impact, or at least think of the Twitter story, for instance. Yeah. The, what, are, what are the implications for society now that this is happening, what does it mean? So we try and explain 
uh, what we are likely to get out of the situation now that Elon Musk is in charge of this organization, um, the blue mark. Uh, yes. What does it mean to have tick. it? <laughs> exactly. What does it mean to have it? What does it mean to lose it? Is it okay that we're getting, let's say, a paid-for version? And what does that mean? Is that even important that we get yeah. Um, people to pay for this thing. So we try and delve into those things and, and help people, uh, you know, uh, understand them better, um, as opposed to trying to use buzzwords and technical words to to, to, to try and impress people. Yeah. So we try to simplify it. Wesley, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back from the break, we'll go into your second song, and we're also going to just try and uh, clear your line a bit. It's uh, breaking up quite badly. Yeah. So let's right. go okay. to let's go to the break, and then your second song, and when we come back, let's uh, find out why you chose it. At SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. Such a gorgeous track that, and uh, puts uh, Sipo uh, Hot Sticks in a completely different life. And light as well. Taba uh, Bisu, and uh, it's the choice of our guest presenter uh, who has chosen that particular song. And our guest presenter is Wesley DiPoco, who is the editor in chief of Fast Company South Africa. As one of our listeners has just said, wonderful choice, pure jazz. Wow, I have to say, I agree. It really is uh, something that comes from another level altogether. Wesley, why uh, that particular choice? Uh, Michelle, I loved the song for, for many years, but uh, but uh, truth be told, I met Dadisipo uh, Hostix Mabuse at the workshop where he was speaking to uh, musicians and I joined uh, to document the process. Yeah. Um, and he told a story uh, that uh, maybe most people don't know about this song, or at least uh, from his viewpoint. And he, he was talking to us about the value of hard work and hmm continuing to work and doing your work irrespective of what uh, happens. And he made this point that he, when this song was uh, put out to the world, it wasn't well received initially, but it was only later that it became so popular and it surprised me, you know, and he made the point that um, you, you have to put out your work, you put out, put your work out there um, and keep working. Um, and not always look out for hits uh, or for, 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 for your work to, to, to be always welcome, but keep doing your work. Yeah. And this is what he did. And, and he makes a point that at some point, some people will appreciate it. And this is what has happened with this song. Um, it's been around for many years, uh, but uh, only later that people began to really resonate with it and appreciate it. And to me, it's a classic that will, will continue to be with us for many, many years. And as you say, only later. I mean, it's a song that's close on 30 years old. So it, it yeah, yeah, feels yeah. as though it's still as contemporary and as new as it ever yes. was. You know, you yeah, have and, raised something here, Wesley, just mm, around yeah. work. And it seems to me that that is a topic that has threaded its way throughout the show today about how we work and how we measure it and, yes. and, and what that really means. And I'd love you to maybe take that idea further. Yeah, so we, we, we have, uh, you know, society that, uh, you know, celebrates uh, things that, you know, 
let's say glitter and, and, and things like that. But sometimes we, we forget that there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes, whether it be writing a book, um, you know, or, or making music, making a movie, or creating a product, like a tech product. Um, and you tend to, to, to only focus at the end uh, when people celebrate, but we forget that there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. And I think it's important that we appreciate that fact that, uh, you know, to be able to reach that point, the one has to put in work, and we have mm. to uh, appreciate this idea of you know working hard and and putting the hours, and 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 that is what leads to 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 to, to success and for us to have uh, products and great things that we then we can then celebrate. You know, I'm interested in you talking about, and I saw this in something I read that you spoke about that top of your work list is this idea of the integration of print and digital. And it it talks to a future where there is no division, a future where there Mm. is Mm. a Mm. completely different way of approaching the world, where technical is, uh, is just fed through in a different way into our world. But at the same time, yeah. you know, you could have print, you could have the magazine, you could have the book, yeah. whatever the case yeah. may be. How, how do you align that challenge? Yeah, it's interesting you raised that point. Me and you have, I think, have shared at some point about the metaverse. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of people throw water this thing around the metaverse. And and part of it has a lot to do with that, is that um, the, the, it, it is about this um you know, integration of different worlds into one and our ability to interact with all these worlds at a single point. So you, you may be, and, and we, we, we have a future where we'll be just wearing, um, you know, like sunglasses, for instance, and those sunglasses will allow us to see the real person in front of us, but also to be able to see the person in the metaverse or interact mm. with the person in the metaverse. So you ask, uh, how do I align? I think, um, you know, one has to appreciate that at the end of the day, it's all about content. You know, it and and how we how that content gets distributed. You know, it, it, it is it's when then these things around print or digital comes in. But then at the end of the day, it's really about just great content. If you have great content, how you deliver it, it's important, of course. But what truly truly matters is the, the quality content and then work out how then do you distribute that and it's important that you don't distribute it in one channel of course um and and, and and yes you have to consider your audience or the people that you're talking to but at the end of the day uh really you want to create um you know this ability for what you produce to reach people in different environments and this is what technology is telling us telling us there is a future where you will interact with things in different ways yeah. and therefore you have to, we have to think beyond just one product or one single point of entry that the, these things are all integrated and what matters at the end of the day is what you want to communicate and and those these other things are not just channels through which you communicate you know, it's weird. As you were talking, I just started to think, well, let's think about this. Like people are like, no, technology is taking over and we're losing yeah. all sorts of things. And then I thought, well, let me just quickly check and see when the first book was yeah. ever printed. Because it does yeah. talk to how long actually printed books have been around and print yes. has been around. So yes. apparently yeah. the Diamond Sutra, which was a Buddhist book from Dunhuang in China. Yes was printed during the Tang Dynasty. It's known as the oldest extant printed book from around 868 AD. So 868 AD. So you have to say, well, 
Hell, if a book has lasted that <laughs> long, then uh, what yes. are we worried about? There's still going to be a taste for it, and uh, it remains exactly. in different forms and different spaces. Exactly, exactly, and and there's a reason for that. I mean, the, the, there's each and every uh, technology because to me, a paper is a technology. It's another yes. form of technology, and it's you know, it's it's just a a case of how you would like to utilize it. Um, I was I was uh, I was speaking to 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 someone in the health department at some point and she explains to me why they still have files even though they have data versions of health records but there's a reason why they have the files as well that's a story for another day as well so just to explain that well, you know there's value for each of these why forms. do they still have files <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, they would like to have digitized things altogether. However, they, you know, as things stand right now, it seems they do not have. So, the print version allows them to capture things immediately. Yeah. Um, and to to also, there's things they cannot add in the digital form because of the type of technology they have currently. So okay. it will still mean that they have to develop their technology further. But it. The the paper is able to take care of that for now. So, so but but it it sounded to me that you know it, it it's almost like this portable thing they could easily write quickly whatever they want to do yeah. and, and 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 capture specific information in a specific way that it, it, to me it's it it works it functions the way they do. But I think what's critical is that that paper maybe is digitized for 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 for, for record sake, um, so that if things happen like fire you don't have a situation yeah. where you're saying that you don't have yeah so yeah so but the point is that you know there's there's a reason why you have all these things in place and we have to just figure out or at least uh, appreciate that that function is there for it's there for a purpose and use it for that reason and you know it's funny i'm just riffing now on what you're saying so mm -hmm. you're sending all yeah. these like stories through to me and suddenly i'm yeah. riffing into a different space you're talking about yes. paper and the role of paper and then you're talking about the mm -hmm. medical world so i recently heard and we talk about how technology has shifted and changed i was chatting to someone yeah. from sappy and they were yeah. telling me how they had pivoted to beyond simply just making paper and obviously they work with, yeah. with wood fiber. But did we know that in mm. some cases the white powder that you might find in your tablets is in fact yeah. made from wood fiber? Did you know that? Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something today. That's amazing. Yeah. I was stunned yeah. when I heard that. And like you start yeah. to see what yeah. they've actually done and what they're actually using mm. wood fiber for. Mm. And it's like, well, okay, mm. we are li literally in a completely different world. Wesley, yeah. your guest on the line, she's at the airport, but uh, hopefully she's found a quiet space. Dr. Marky Yankees. Yes. Tell us about Dr. Yankees. Yes. Uh, you know, Dr. Yankee, Dr. Mikey Yankees, she's one person that I think um, we have to celebrate. And I'll tell you why. We haven't celebrated her enough. And maybe let me give you a background. You know, in South Africa, in the tech space, and I think this is a challenge across the world, we have this uh, lack of, we don't have enough women in this space. Mm. You know, we need to have diversity. And she, let me maybe tell you what she has done. First of all, she is the first black woman to get a PhD in computer science. Wow. <laughs> now, I know she'll punish me for saying this, <laughs> but I say this because it's important for many, many girls in yes. this country that they know that there's someone like her. 
Yeah. You know, um, she focuses on skills development uh, in tech, and she's very much passionate about the development of women. So, and she she's an innovator. I've met her as an academic while she was still at the University of the Western Cape. Um, so I, I think uh, her, her, just by being there for what she's done, she's an inspiration to many young girls in this country, and we need more of more of people like her. Uh, and and that's why I've highlighted her. We are inspired and we welcome you. Dr. Marky Yankees, are you with us? Hello, Dr. Yankees. Oh, wow. What an introduction. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Very good morning to Michelle. Very good morning to Wesley. I apologize for the background noise, but so, so, so humbled by that. So it does talk to, I think Wesley's nailed it when he says, can we have more role models? Um, yeah. And what a delight. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Nokatula Msimang's lovely books, which are about like the Casta Semenya book, which are so much about yes. what young kids and young girls specifically and young black girls specifically can say, mm. there's my role model. So <laughs> I, I have to ask you, Dr. Yankees, how do you feel when you think, OK, I could be a role model to other kids? And what would you say to them? Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. And and I really appreciate being um, on the show this morning. Um, sure, that's a lot to carry on one's shoulders. <laughs> but I, I think for me, the greatest um, aspect of what I do is, is ensuring that um, I leave the world in, in a better place than, than I found it. Wow. So yeah. I think what's what's been quite a, a guiding light for me is to say that I have a skill, but what does it mean and how does it translate into helping society and especially South Africa become a better place? So I've been very passionate about connecting the unconnected um, and ensuring digital inclusion and seeing how we solve some of our wicked problems, if we yeah. may call them, addressing them using technology. And if by that, um, there are others who are inspired to do the same, because I feel like we can be qualified, we can be experienced, but how we use it to shape the community and society, that's really what's going to matter in our country. And, and I've, that's, that's what I try to do with, with uh, the role that I do on a daily basis and, and my work and the general that I've been doing. So I love that idea that your purpose is uh, connecting the unconnected. Uh, the term wicked problems, it's one that is used um, extensively in the corporate and business world and business space. Explain it to uh, our listeners. What does it mean when there is a wicked problem? Yeah, sure. Um, wicked problems are the problems that sometimes we find that sometimes will require a lot more collaboration, a lot more partnership, a lot more skills um, that will ensure that we leave the, the sector in a better place. And I'll give you education, for example. Um, a lot of what I've done uh, in, in the past, both as an academic as well as in corporate, uh, with the work that I do running an, an innovation office in a telecommunication company, is to say, how do we use um, the technology that we have and how do we partner with the key relevant people in the education sector to ensure that we enable access to young children in disadvantaged environments, to learning, regardless of wherever they are, to giving them a chance and an opportunity. So while we alone cannot solve the biggest challenges that we have within education, but through partnerships, we can empower teachers in classrooms. We can enable connectivity in schools, in homes across the country. We can make it affordable. We can make it accessible. And we can use this through technology. So from skills development to, to empowering with connectivity, to empowering the kids, to ensuring that we have a diverse pipeline 
of the young innovators in technology. Mm-hmm. I heard you were speaking about the metaverse um, to ensure yeah. that we have African representation in the metaverse. Yeah. And we can only do that by solving the wicked challenges that will require multiple uh, uh, avenues of us to partner and ensure that we, we support these areas. So I would put that to both of you, Dr. Yankees, and also to you, Wesley. I mean, you're both in uh, very, I would say, very powerful positions uh, in that you you have agency. And I mean, obviously, agency is, is what everybody needs and everybody requires. What do you think some of the ways are that you could work together? So I look at I look at a fantastic magazine like Fast um, Fast Company and the work that you're doing, and then I look at uh, the amazing work that uh, Dr. Yankees you're doing as well with regards to the idea of um, ensuring that you connect the unconnected. How does a magazine like yours, Wesley, support that, and can it support that? It can, without a doubt, Michelle. And I say this having having worked with Dr. Uh, you know Mike Yankis before. But we can continue to do so. You know, by you know, one of the few things that lacks in 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 our communities is understanding careers that exist. For instance, in the tech ah, space. Yes. You know, that this is just one of the things we can do is to inform and create awareness about different avenues within the tech world that young people can pursue. Because it's not just one uh, part of this, but there's a lot. I mean, there's new careers being introduced. You know, the metaverse will introduce new careers as it as it comes. So perhaps we can tackle it in that way. But one of the most important things, of course, is around uh, skills development uh, of our people. And we need to do that. And I think um, collaborations with uh, companies and people like Dr. Yanchi is, is very key. And uh, we always are keen to, to work with entities that address similar things that we're passionate about. And uh, yeah, we continue to talk and uh, Myself and myself, we 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 we're trying to figure out a way to work together. Um, uh, now that she's moved on to other to other fields as well. What are the other fields that you've moved on to, Doctor Yankees? <laughs> spill so, the beans. One, spill uh, the beans. <laughs> no, it's still within. It's still within the technology sector. So I have a, a wonderful role of um, establishing an innovation office in 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 a telecommun in telecom to be precise. And we look at ensuring superior uh, connectivity, but most importantly saying that above and beyond people being connected, how do we ensure that we empower them through education? How do we ensure uh, inclusion, financial inclusion? And so leveraging digital products to solve South Africans' challenges. And, and, and I, love, I love the question that you mentioned earlier because it's, it's through, um, one of the things that Wesley didn't mention was that through the pandemic, we were always trying to bring together the relevant people um, to address challenges. And, and we looked at education sector, for example, and we said teachers are disempowered at home. They don't have the skills mm. to support mm. learning. How do we do this? And through a consortium, we brought together connectivity players, hardware providers, and we empowered teachers through skills development online during the pandemic to learn how to use technology to reach children at that time, particularly underprivileged areas. And he was facilitating conversations around this during that time. So it's through the power of those partnerships of key entities. Um, and we brought in edu- higher education providers as well to help with the skills development perspective there. 
So such power of, 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 of um, having key role players around the table to look at these wicked problems is very important. And I think through partnerships with, for example, fast companies, we've been able to achieve quite a lot within the sector. You know, you raise this issue of teachers and it's, it's, it's an interesting one because we talk a lot about, okay, how do we upskill kids? How do we uh, allow, make sure that kids have access, etc. But you're, you're, it's that, that, sort of stone in the pool with the ripples that sort of extend outwards. Well, the child doesn't have access, but what happens if the teacher doesn't have access? Mm, and what happens yeah. if the parent doesn't have access? Because then the child will, you know, it's like it feels like a self-fulfilling loop in a way. Dr. Yankees, yeah. how are we seeing that shift and change? Yeah, um, I think in, in many years ago, one of the things that I did through an NPO I established was to start a program where we had um, students skilled in, in technology to go and run uh, robotics and technology clubs in, in high schools. And we realized that this is not sustainable. We need to empower teachers so mm. that this becomes sustainable. Because once you empower the teacher, you're empowering a whole generation of young kids. And so we started teacher skills development across schools in South Africa. And I think during the pandemic, we then moved to a very ambitious project to say that um, considering the fact that we've only supported uh, very few teachers, how do we scale this across South Africa, open it up and say that we're going to work with higher education, we're going to work with telecommunication companies, we're going to work with um, hardware companies for, for laptops and, 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 and mobile phones and airtime, mm. and we're going to support teachers to be enabled to enable them to, 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 to impart these digital skills to, uh, uh, to young kids because we understand that parents may not have access. And we did this actually for free, but this could actually happen with, with um, collaboration across board. So we've seen the shift dial, uh, the, 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 we've seen the shift by empowering the teachers. And we've gone on to actually challenge higher learning institutions to then say, how do you embed this as courses yeah. for teachers mm-hmm. so that when they leave higher education institutions, they're actually skilled mm-hmm. within that perspective. Because it's, in the many work that we do, um, it's feedback that we've gotten working quite closely because I think what we've learned is that co-designing interventions and digital products with the society you're solving the issues with is very important. And the feedback was coming to teachers that you're developing all these wonderful platforms, you have all these wonderful interventions, but what about the people who actually sustain this? Yeah. And that's why the focus... And how do you sustain them as well? How do we sustain them mm. as well? Um, yeah. So it was partnerships also with NGOs that have uh, a focus on, on leadership um, of, of, of teachers, leadership skills of teachers um, that, w- that was essential during this time um, to ensure that sustainability. But so we've gone on, we continue. So while we build digital products that look at education, that look at healthcare, we do realize that in order for us to make a meaningful, sustainable impact, um, it is through collaboration and partnerships that we're able to achieve that. So both of you, Wesley, Marky, we are moving towards uh, December where you may have a little time to just maybe slow down just a tad. I want to yeah. ask you, uh, what are the t- books that you will, or, or the book that you would like to take with you to read, whether you have a staycation, whether you go on holiday, whatever that case may be. Marky, I'll start with you and close off with Wesley. 
Um, I think on my side, my one of my current reads is a, a book by Epstein, and he talks a lot about range, range. range. Yes. <laughs> range. Uh, David Epstein, range. It's a wonderful book. Yeah. A wonderful book. Read that one. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So that's my current read at the moment, um, and, and and I'm learning the power of range. Yeah. So so just briefly talk to us about it because it really was. I must say, it changed. It changed the way I thought about the work that I was doing and the diversity of work that I was doing. And suddenly I felt really, okay, this is not so bad. I'm allowed to be like this. Tell us a little bit about it, what it meant for you. Yeah, um, I think for me as as uh, an academic, uh, academia, you drill down into specialization. Yes. As a computer scientist, uh, my focus was on one specific area for many years, and that's my problem if you've read uh, Gladwell's books mm. when he talks about specialization and Epstein actually mm. flips it around to go in actual fact you're more powerful with a range of skills that can address some of these mm. wicked exactly. problems and that's how I've looked mm. at it uh, especially as an executive leader to that but then with a range you don't you don't necessarily always have to specialize but with collaboration and and, and a range of all these skills you're able to address the challenges in a much more holistic manner, if you look at it in that way. And that's that's why it's been such an impactful book, I think, personally in my life. It certainly had that kind of impact on me. And in fact, I shifted a lot of stuff in my life after reading it. It was, it's yeah. okay to be um, interested in a diversity of things. And it's all right yeah. to have that extensive range. And if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the book, he uses... Um, was it Roger Federer as a great example of someone with range? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell us that story again. Hello? Okay, we seem to have lost. Um, are you, is Wesley yeah. there? Wesley, you're there. I'm still I'm still here. And uh, I've, all, I've, I've started reading range uh, a while ago, but I didn't finish it. It's a great book. I think... Uh, um, I will continue to read. What happened with me, Michelle, is that I, during the pandemic, I was listening to a lot of uh, audiobooks. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but I've also ordered the, the books in print form. Uh, yeah. um, so one of those was Build, uh, a oh, book by yes. Tony Fadell. Um, Tony Fadell is an inventor who worked at Apple when Steve Jobs was still alive. Um, and he's the creator of the iPod. Um, and, and, and many other uh, tech products. And he wrote this book, which serves as a manual as to how to build great products. So I've got it in print now. I'll be reading that book uh, in between <laughs> some of the things that I'll be doing during this time. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to have the actual book as opposed to just listening to, to the book because it's got beautiful illustrations yeah, exactly. um, of uh, at work and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I'll put this to both of you as we close off. Um, is you've both uh, suggested books that are nonfiction that are about building your knowledge and your skills, particularly in the work world that that you live in. What about fiction, and how does fiction uh, rate or play out in your world, uh, Marky? What about you? Fiction enables creativity, and I think my children keep me on my feet with um, <laughs> fiction because I'm constantly in awe on, on the different range of, of, of um, what's available in terms of fiction yeah. um, in their ages right now. In actual fact, the funny thing was that I said to them um, over these holidays, I need to actually watch the Game of Thrones. 
I haven't actually watched it. Um, and over these mm-hmm. holidays, I'll be watching Game of Thrones because a lot of people keep on using analogies that come from um, that fiction story. So fiction is quite important. I think as an innovator, that's something that you'll appreciate. Uh, the fact that you need to always spark your creativity. And it's through reading um, fiction that you're able to think quite creatively um, out of the box. You need to help people to think about things that they've never seen, the impossibilities. Yes. And you need to bring it to a point whereby you make them realize that it is possible. And fiction allows you to think about the impossibilities and make them possible for people. And you know, you talk of Game of Thrones, there's this brilliant book uh, that's just been released. I mean, it's massive. And I think I have spoken about it here on the show. I'm busy reading it over time, over time, over time. It's by a guy called Simon Seabag Montefiore, and he's a historian. And the book is called The World, and it focuses on the role of families um, in in history. And he goes back to the beginning of time and what a family meant for power, what a family meant for um, violence and wars. And I was saying to someone, this is like reading, it's like reading the real version of Game of Thrones. It's absolutely mm-hmm. insane. And perhaps we need to be more, as you say, imaginative to kind of go, well, you know, the magic starts and then we start to see the reality. Wesley, what about you? What are you kind of, do you ever go back to fiction or is that just something that you find one really uh, requires time for? <laughs> um, I'm going to disappoint you and say no. I've, I've you know, I've, uh, I think the kind of work that I do, I've had to read a lot of biographies, business books, um, and those kind of books. But I've recently, someone sent me a book. The title is They Both Die at the End. Yeah. I, I, I find this book very, it's, it's uh, very interesting, and I have to read. It's written by Adam Silvera. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, by the way, it's sent to me by another tech company, a global tech company. And I think there's a reason why they want me to read this book, which is is a fiction. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you can check it out, Michelle. It's, they both die at the end, and it, I think it's about an app or something. Like that. Yeah. Well, send it to us. I don't know if I want to read something where they both die, particularly over Christmas time. But I suppose people died over Christmas as well. So, like. yeah. so we are closing off, and uh, this is our last. Show for a while because uh, next week is yeah. um, the ANC conference and so on. If you have to yeah. look at um, the the year as it ends, maybe give us uh, what some of your hopes are for the following year. Marky, we'll start with you. Um, I think my hopes are um, seeing what groundbreaking work that youth in technology um, and I think youth in entrepreneurship in South Africa are, are, are doing. Uh, I think that's that's where my hope lies because I I feel that as youth we should continue to have agency. I always mm. uh, say to to people that I work with in my organization in the in the organization I work um, in as well as outside. I always say, especially to young people, that um, youth in 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 previous years had an agency to to get freedom for us. Yeah. What will the youth in this in these years have an agency to do? And huh. and I always encourage them to say that it's quite important to not wait for the next person to to push you to have agency. You need to have it. Um, and, and it's great. And, and, and it gives me great hope to see how uh, youth across South Africa is, is breaking boundaries yeah. and, and, and innovating and, and using entrepreneurship to bring change to such uh, uh, challenges that we face in our society. I love that, Marky. That's amazing. That's Dr. Marky Yankees. Wesley, we close with you and we say goodbye with you. What uh, would you like to see happening in 2023? 
You know, to be honest with you, Michelle, uh, I've got so many things, but if I can be very specific, um, I hope that there will be some realization at ESCOM that we need to get innovators into one room, some of the mm. best, not just in South Africa, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. and look at this problem and resolve it. Yeah, <laughs> That's really... We can't be told because that we don't have the grid after the, the core went out in the first place. No, no, no. I think I think that it's possible to solve this one, but you just need the right people in one room to, to really get on with it and do it. Um, well, I hope, yeah. Leslie, that it's going to be you and Dr. Yankees that uh, goes into the room when that conversation happens. The more of that we could have, the better. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Wesley, we're going we're gonna to leave the last word, final, final word to you. And it's because we've got a minute to go. So as we yeah. go off and don't, we've got KG, lovely KG Bukhetsi is up next. She'll take yeah. you through the seasons from 10 until 1. Great music, guys. And uh, who's going to win the World Cup, Wesley? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, I, I I can't I can't I can't help but say Morocco will have to go through. <laughs> they're gonna. You think they're gonna go through to the finals? They have to go through. So <laughs> they gonna, have no choice now. Okay. So and then they're going to be up against either Croatia or Argentina. Which one? I think Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. And you think they're going Argentina. to win? It? Yes, they. Have greater chance of winning um, if Morocco doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley, we hope you enjoy the rest of the World Cup and uh, thank, you thank you so much for making the time, the effort, and the energy. Uh, as thank you, Michelle, the for the time as well. Yeah. Wesley, yeah. thanks for the opportunity. It was a great opportunity to be chatting to you. He is the editor in chief of Fast Company South Africa, wonderful guest, Dr. Marky Yankees. And uh, he's doing such excellent work when we talk about technology and the role that technology plays as a way of joining the dots, but also as a way of trying to understand our humanity even further. And so we really appreciate him on that. And that's it from us here on the show. We won't be on air next week. It is, of course, the weekend of the ANC conference. And so we, oh, I just uh, pinned myself to the table with a stapler. Nevertheless, it is um, the weekend of the ANC conference. So there will be broadcasting from Nazareth to cover that particular story in depth and ensure that you have all the details and all the understanding. From us here on the team, it's been a brilliant show. We want to say thank you so much. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.